Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Jesus is simply saying this. If there is unforgiveness about you, it will hinder your faith from walking. Our faith will not work for us if there's an air of unforgiveness about us. That's the thought. It will hinder our prayers. It will hinder our faith. Praise God. Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Right now, here is Reverend Talks with today's message, Walk in Love and Forgiveness. Good day, everyone. Welcome once again to our broadcast. We've been teaching on the God kind of faith. And uh, our theme text, let's read from there, Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, from verse 22 through to 26. Mark's Gospel, chapter 11 from verse 22 to 26. Classic on the subject of faith. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. And like we said, this literally means have the faith of God. Or if you like, have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Praise the Lord. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for once again another opportunity to feed upon your word. We trust that by your spirit you will open up your word to our spirits. And we won't just be hearers of the word alone, but we will be doers of the same. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, in talking about the God kind of faith, we saw from Mark eleven twenty three God's definition of the God kind of faith. That is the kind of faith whereby a person believes a thing in his heart and says with his mouth what he believes in his heart. And as a result, it comes to pass. So we said, uh, began to look at seven most important things about this God kind of faith, this mountain moving faith. And we said, number one, Every believer has faith. When we got saved, God dealt to us the measure of faith. Every single believer. Then the second thing we said, which was in the second episode in this series, is that this measure of faith can grow. It can increase. But God is not the one who will increase our faith. We are the ones to see to it that our faith grows. How? By feeding it on the word of God and exercising it, putting it to practice then our faith will actually grow. That was the second thing we said. Then the third thing we said in the last episode actually is the fact that real faith is of the heart and not of the head. Real faith is of the heart and not of the head. We also said that faith will actually walk in the heart with doubt in the head. Praise the Lord. Well, this is the fourth in this series. And we want to talk about another very vital thing uh, where this subject of faith is concerned. And it's this. The fourth 
uh, truth we want to bring out is that our faith will not work for us if there's an air of unforgiveness about us. Faith will not work for you if there's an air of unforgiveness about you. Now, um, from the text we saw, just after Jesus had spoken those marvelous words, I don't know anybody yet who's ever plumbed the depths of these uh, verses of scripture in Mark 11, 23 and 24. But just in the same breath, the very next verse, verse 25, it starts with the word and. Remember in the English language, we learned about uh, parts of speech, the noun, the verb, the adverb, the adjective, the preposition, the interjection, and then um, uh, the pronoun. And this, this particular one we were taught, which we, they called for us a conjunction, the conjunction. What's a conjunction? It's something that links something that has been said with something that's about to be said. It joins uh, two thoughts together. The very first word in verse 25 is the word and, which is a conjunction. It's the same context. Jesus said, and when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. So we must learn to practice love and forgiveness. Now, we can see from God's word that God wants us to be strong about faith. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We can see from God's word, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2, 4. Uh, Romans 1, 17. Galatians 3, 11. Hebrews 10, 38. The just shall live by faith. It's by faith that we... God saved. Ephesians 2.8 is by faith will live the Christian life. The only fight where to fight is the fight of faith. Uh, and then it's through faith we receive answers to our prayers. You know, we can see that faith is a very important subject. It's by faith we appropriate the blessings of God. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We're told to follow after faith and to be an example of a believer in faith. So faith most certainly is very important. However, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Now abides faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest. Yes, God has faith, but God is love. 1 John 4, 8. Love is the most potent characteristic of God. Yes, we should be strong on faith, but we should be stronger on love because love is actually faith's power. It's faith's energizer. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 6, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, non circumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Faith which is expressed in love or faith which is energized by love. So faith works by love. Love is faith's power. Love is faith's energizer. It's just like um, you could Let's say you're trying to charge your phone and there's a power outage and the generator is not switched on. But you take the charger, you connect it to the phone and you connect 
the charger to the power source. What's going to happen? Will any power flow through? No power. Why? Because there is a power outage. The, that socket is not energized. In the same way, love is what energizes our faith. Because it's God that causes faith to work. It's God's faith. It's the God kind of faith. It's God who's behind it. And God is love. So love is faith's energizer. Love is faith's power. And if there's an air of unforgiveness about us, it will hinder our faith from working. Now, Jesus said in Mark 11, 25 and 26, when he stand praying, forgive. It's that simple. It's a decision. We can forgive by an act of our will. We choose to forgive. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a decision. We choose to let it go. We choose to let it drop. God wouldn't require us to do something we couldn't do. Now, when Jesus said these words, this was before he went to the cross. This was before the finished work of redemption. We know the principles of faith. They work the same. Uh, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, talking about how to get born again, we see the same principle, believe in the heart, confess with the mouth. In 2 Corinthians 4, 13, which was written to the church, Paul said, inspired by the Holy Ghost, we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the God kind of faith, the word of faith, the spirit of faith, it involves believing in the heart and saying with the mouth. Believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth. Believing and speaking. That's the principle. So the principles of faith that Jesus revealed in Mark 11, 23 and 24 are immutable. They are eternal. Now, one thing when Jesus was talking about forgiveness that we shall put in mind is this. As of this point in time, the disciples were not saved. Jesus, in what we call the sinner's prayer, uh, or the, the Lord's prayer, that we find in Matthew chapter 6, you know, in that Lord's prayer, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Uh, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, certainly there are things we can learn about prayer from, these, from this prayer, from the principles Jesus spoke about here. But let's not forget, this is not New Testament prayer. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross. This prayer was not in the name of Jesus. Now, some things that Jesus said in that prayer is similar to what he said in Mark 11, 25 and 26. He said, forgive us our trespasses, even as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then in, right here in Mark 11, 25 and 26, he now said, uh, when we stand praying, we're to forgive. He said, if we do not forgive, neither will we be forgiven. Now, in the law, in the Old Testament, and technically Jesus ministered as a prophet under the Old Covenant. As of this time, the New Testament was not yet in force. The New Testament didn't come into operation until after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. When he sat down at the right hand of the Father, then he entered his high priestly office in its fullness as the surety of the New Covenant. But as of this time, he hadn't died. So they forgave so that they could be forgiven. They forgave so that they could be forgiven. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. If 
you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you. So it was, they earned it in the sense that they forgave so that they could be forgiven. However, in the New Testament, Ephesians 4.32 says, But be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. In the New Testament, we don't forgive so that we could be forgiven. We're already forgiven because of the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ. And now, because we have been forgiven, we can forgive. We are to forgive as we have been forgiven. That's what the New Testament teaches. Just the same way God has forgiven us, we are now to forgive those who trespass against us. Because we have been forgiven, we are to forgive. In the law, they forgave so that they could be forgiven. Under grace, because we have been forgiven, we forgive. So it's important to note that. However, the point still stands that if a believer refuses to practice forgiveness, it's going to hinder his faith from walking. Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works by love. In 1 John 3, the Bible says, whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, what's, what's pleasing in his sight? Walking in faith. That's what pleases God. And then he says, because we keep his commandments, what are his commandments? They're comprehended in one saying, namely, love thy neighbor as thyself. So love is the fulfilling of the law. So if a believer doesn't walk in love, he's not walking in God. He's not walking in God's realm. And so he's going to have a hard time getting his prayers answered. He's going to have a hard time getting his faith to work. In actual fact, unforgiveness is going to mar that believer's spiritual life and is going to hinder him greatly. So because we have been forgiven, we can forgive. Ephesians 4.32, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. So we can forgive. We can forgive. God won't tell us to do what we can't do. If God says to forgive, we can forgive. Now, how are we to forgive? Ephesians 4.32 says we are to forgive even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. Now, how did God forgive us? Did he forgive us because we deserved it? Did he forgive us because we earned it? No, he forgave us. The Bible says God commended, Romans chapter 5 verse 8, God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't earn it. He gave it to us freely, unconditionally. And that's the way we are to forgive other people too. In Isaiah 43 verse 25, talking about God, he says, he said, I, even I, I'm he that blotted out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thine iniquities. That's what he said. So God said he blots out, blots out our transgressions for his own sake. And then he went on to say he will not remember. He will not remember our iniquities. So when God forgives, God forgets. Sometimes folks say, well, I've forgiven that person what they did to me, but I'll never forget how that old devil treated me. Now, you haven't forgiven. When you really forgive, you forget. Now, does it mean you have a loss of memory? 
you have some form of amnesia. No, it just means you refuse to keep referring to it. You refuse to keep talking about it. You refuse to keep acting upon it. And in actual fact, you can actually even forget that it ever happened. Amen. See, that's how for God forgave us. And that's how we are to forgive one another. We are never to permit the least bit of ill will, bad feeling, or animosity in our hearts toward anyone. Now, are we going to step on each other's toes? Yes, we, we are. Are there going to be disagreements? Yes. Quarrels? Yes. Not because we mean to, but we're different individuals at different levels of spiritual growth and development. So there might be differences among us. There might be disagreements that may arise. But this is it. We can disagree without being disagreeable. And in actual fact, we can forgive. God wouldn't ask us to do what we can't do. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, Be ye therefore imitators of God as their children. Verse 2 says, And walk in love. Amen. So we can walk in love, even as God loved us. Amen. Send Jesus as a sweet savor, a sacrifice for our sins. So we can forgive. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So the love that God has towards us, through the gospel, the light of that love is sh shone on our hearts. It's shed abroad in our hearts. We can see how he loves us. But not only has God revealed his love towards us, God now wants to love other people through us. So God's love nature has been imparted to our spirits. We're children of God. And as children of God, we have the nature of God. And God is love. So we are loved children of the love God. First John chapter 3, verse 14. The Bible says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Verse 16 of 1 John 3 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, in that he laid down his life for us, we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. Praise God. So we can lay down our lives for other people. We can love the way God has loved us. We can love with the same love, amen, that we have been loved with. And in actual fact, Love is the law of the new covenant. Love is the law of the family of God. Under the old covenant, they had 10 commandments that formed the moral compass of the children of Israel. Uh, the moral law, there were 10 commandments. In the new covenant, there's one commandment. In John 13, verse 34, Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I've loved you, that ye also love one another. He said, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So we are loved children of the love God. And God has commanded us to love. Amen. And so we can walk in love. We can walk in love. And we should walk in love. If we refuse to practice love is going to hinder our faith. It's going to hinder our prayer life. It's going to mar our spiritual walk with God. It's going to hinder us tremendously spiritually. Amen. And we, we don't, can't afford to let that happen. We can love. Now, um, the characteristics of this God kind of love, they're revealed in the Bible. 
in the epistles. We see that the epistles, love is spoken of, especially in um, the first epistle of John. There's a whole lot in there about love. And I'll encourage you as a believer, feed regularly on that epistle, first John. Chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. There's a whole lot in there about love, about walking in love. Then we also see that in 1 Corinthians 13, that's the great love chapter. There's a whole lot about walking in love in 1 Corinthians 13. And I love the Amplified Classic translation of this chapter. If you read from verses 4 to 8, the Bible says there that love endures long and is patient and kind is never envious and doesn't boil over with jealousy, is not boastful of inglorious and does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited, arrogant or inflated with pride, is not rude or unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it's not self-seeking, is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but it rejoices only when right and truth prevail. It bears up under anything. And everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances. And it endures all things without weakening. It says love never fails, never fades out, becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. So we can see that love never fails. Now I want to call our attention particularly to that fifth verse. Where it says that love takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It's not resentful. Amen. So love doesn't keep records of wrongs. Love drops it. Love forgives. Love forgets. Now, when it comes to unforgiveness, unforgiveness could be towards oneself or it could be towards some other person. Now, there are people who harbor a lot of unforgiveness towards themselves. Uh, maybe as Christians, they made certain mistakes and they just refuse to forgive themselves. They just refuse to let it go. And some people, it's stuff that happened in their lives before they got saved and they still keep condemning themselves over it. Listen, God, when you got saved, made you a brand new creature. The old things of spiritual death that when your spirit passed away, that old man, he died. He passed away. There's a new man in his place. Whatever things that old man did, they've been blotted out. You are not the one that did them. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You may be living in the same body that old man was living in, but there's a new occupant now. You're a new creature. You're a new man. You see, sometimes some people don't know the difference between repentance and doing penance. Some folks think, yes, we're delivered from the power of sin, but we're still, going to still, we're still going to suffer the penalty of sin. Well, if we're still going to suffer the penalty of sin, when, we'll, we'll, when we die, we're still going to go to hell if we're still to suffer the penalty of sin. But listen up. We're not just redeemed from the power of sin. We're redeemed from its penalty. God is not going to punish us for stuff he cannot remember. He cannot remember. He has remitted our past. As far as the east is from the west, he has separated our sins from us. 
And let's say it's stuff you did wrong after getting saved. 1 John 1.9 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God has forgiven you. He does not remember. Let it drop. Let it go. If it's stuff that you did, you know, According to 1 John 1, 9, you confessed it. He forgave you and he cleansed you from all unrighteousness. So forgive yourself and let it drop too. If it's something somebody did to you, Matthew 5, 44, the Bible says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. You see, when we do this, we set ourselves up for success in God. Our faith is going to work. Our prayers are going to be answered. Our spiritual life is going to be vibrant because God is love. And love forgives and it forgets. Don't forget, you're a love child of the love God. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to Rema Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Rema Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.